The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening at uh, supertalk.fm backslash Corinth all over the world and also on Super Talk Radio all over Mississippi and parts of Arkansas and Florida and Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, uh, very blessed to be uh, listened to and to be uh, patronized by a number of folk out there and really enjoy it. And thanks a lot to all of our sponsors making this possible for Bubba and me. And, uh, you know, the Advisors Roundtable, we're here to give you advice, but also to, to discuss some, some subject matter that maybe you don't even know you need to be discussing. Mm-hmm. So, have you had anybody call you because they're scared lately, Bubba? I, I had, um, so I was in Collins yesterday and went to the Collins Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. Um, great group of individuals, and, and um, I, I guess being the expert in the room. Oh, boy. They said, uh, uh, and it was uh, a guy named Zane down there, they mm-hmm. said, Bubba, can you, can you give us kind of an update and tell us, you know, about the markets and mm-hmm. what's going on in the markets. And, you know, we've, we've got all this volatility. I said, look, we've had volatility for years and years and years. We've always had it. We've always had it. It's always been there, right. you know. Yeah. I, and, I, and I did a quick little history lesson with them. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I'm going to go back. Uh, let's go back uh, 35, 40 years, right? Okay. So let's do that. Back in the 1980s, 80s. 90s, okay. right so in we, there. We had, uh, was it Black Monday mm-hmm. or Black Friday, I think mm-hmm. they called it, uh, mm-hmm. in the stock market in 86, yeah. right? Yeah. We had, uh, we had high inflation rates mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. We had expansionary times in the 80s. Mm-hmm. We had a recession in 1994. We had a Russian debt crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, bring up the word Russia again because that's kind of prevalent today. Oh, yeah. We had, yeah. Uh, uh, what else did we dot have? Dot com. Uh, yeah, dot com. Yeah. Uh, Y2K. Bubble. Y2K. We oh. thought the world was going to shut down. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, your computer yeah. was not going to work. Even the thermostat mm-hmm. on the wall was just going to yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Huh? We had uh, we had the frenzy that led up to the housing bubble mm-hmm. crash mm-hmm. of two thousand and eight and and financial crash of two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into two thousand and eleven, we mm-hmm. had another uh, flash crash at that point. We did right, mm-hmm. um, and somewhere in there we had this a uh, crazy guy in North Korea right that's threatening mm-hmm. people and yeah. and going to do testing th- nuclear weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. right. We don't even remember we've lived yeah. through this stuff, do we? We we had Brexit happen. Yeah. We had uh, you know what what am I up to now? 2016. Yeah. yeah 2018 we, we had a trade war with China. Mm-hmm. We had a 20% correction in the stock market uh, in October of of 18 because and a government shutdown. We, yeah, we shut the government all down. at the same time. Right. And then yeah. we go into another year or two, and what happens? Well, we had another basically shutdown mm-hmm. of the of the entire global economy, not just the government. Yeah, 
Yeah, because global economy shut down. Just shut it down. Everybody stay home. We're yeah. scared because we got mm-hmm. a pandemic. We don't know how to handle it. Yeah. So you know, now we've got uh, these issues with with Russia and mm. Ukraine. Oh, yeah. uh, volatility has uh, has not reared its ugly head, but just presented its head again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's become the buzzword because right. you know everybody that is in twenty four hour news. Uh, they they got to have something to lead with. Well, and if and if it bleeds, it leads, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you know, if you've got um, uh, individuals who are are used to, and I say used to, uh, positive returns of fifteen percent or greater for oh. a couple of years in a row, oh. and then all of a sudden they get, mm-hmm. oh wait a minute, you know, mm-hmm. the stock market's down eight percent. What do I do? Yeah, 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 absolutely. My so. Uh, I said all that uh, in about the same amount of time. And at, I said, at the Rotary Club. At the Rotary Club. Okay. Yeah. In Collins, uh, Mississippi. In, in Collins. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the, the key to it is to remember is that markets are volatile. That's the way they function. That's mm-hmm. what makes them work. Yeah. Buy quality. Buy yeah. good things. Mm-hmm. Be diversified. Mm-hmm. And if you're an investor, mm-hmm. know that this might be an opportunity for you. Oh. If you're not an investor, you yeah. don't need to be in the stock market to begin with. So I had a guy come, a great point. Yeah. I had a guy in my office yesterday, he, you know, um, he's uh, fairly successful and uh, ran a business. He, he actually was in the car business. He would drive other places in the country mm-hmm. and buy cars and go to these markets. And I said, when you went to, the, what were you looking for? Oh, I was looking for deals. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Now, why was something a deal? Why was a car less expensive there? Well, maybe the demand. They had so many cars in Detroit right. or in metropolitan Chicago that I could go up there and buy one for cheaper than I could get that car down here, and then I'd bring it back on a trailer, four or five of them, and I'd sell them and make money, and next, next mm-hmm. week or next month, I'd go do it again. I said, so you're comfortable buying something that's a deal and selling it for a profit. Yeah, that's yes. the way I stayed in business, and I have all this cash, and I'm 80 years old, and mm-hmm. people, my friends think I'm rich. Uh-huh. Right. So why don't you want to do that with stocks? Well, that's dangerous. That's the stock market, <laughs> right? So when are stocks a deal? I think when they're attractively priced. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, it goes back to time frame, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, you know, if you've got a, a three-month time frame, Ooh. they may not be a deal right now. Uh, no. Yeah. In fact, you may not need to be in the stock market at all with three-month money. Right. If you've got a three-year time, three-year time frame, mm-hmm. well, maybe a portion of your money, mm-hmm. right? If you've got a 30-year time frame, oh. like myself, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic here, but I've got a confidence in in the way that markets function and work. Mm-hmm. I've got a confidence in a free market economy yeah. uh, that says that in a 30-year time frame, if I invest money in the stock market, I'm going to be better off having done that than investing in other locations. Right. Right. And so, like, today... Mm-hmm. If you think you have a 30-year time frame, you're looking at the S&P, and it's trading at like 4400 Right. So in 30 years, you think it's going to be 10000 or more? It may be more than that. Mm. You know, if you, if you consider it from the standpoint that um, 
you know, utilizing the rule of 72, let's say that you get a double, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Every 10 years, which okay. which is probably... Uh, which is an average of about 7, 7.2% right. return per year. Pretty well average, right? Mm-hmm. So over a 10-year period, uh, we get a double out of it. Be 8,800. Be 8,800. Okay. Another 10-year period, we're going to be what? Right. 16, 17,000? Yeah. Over 17, yeah. like 17,6. So another 10-year period, which would be the 30-year mark. You'd be over 35,000. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard for people to have confidence. It is. It's very hard. That that's going to happen. And, and you know, not to mention my predictions on the Dow Jones, because that's the most widely quoted, you yeah. know, stock indices out there. Well, we're going to hold that prediction for this break here on the Advisors Roundtable and come back and see what Bubba says about the Dow Jones on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus and yours truly Greg Cooley with you right here on Super Talk Radio and we're talking about uh, risks and and what happens in the stock market and what happens inside your brain and inside your personality and how you feel fearful sometimes. Bubba was telling us that in 30 years he thinks that the S&P might be up over 30,000, maybe even close to 35,000 if it just hangs in there and does what it's always done and just had an average return. So what about the Dow, Bubba? Okay, so uh, right now, just uh, for instance, the Dow is at 35,000, Okay. right? Uh, seems like less than two years ago we were around what twenty six thousand, <laughs> right. maybe even a little bit less than that, right. as I recall. Right. And in two years we've lived through a pandemic and yep. shutting down the mm-hmm. international economy and had uh, presidential elections yeah. and uh, all kinds of natural disasters. So if we carry that forward, right, to the mm-hmm. Dow Jones, currently at thirty five thousand, let's call it, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that we've got a, a rate of return around seven percent. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit lower than, than mm-hmm. what the average is, but you so know, it's a good conservative number. Good conservative number. You're not right? being overly optimistic yeah. here. So ten years from now, we're gonna see a Dow Jones at seventy thousand. Really? Seventy thousand. <laughs> right? If, if if it's just normal. Yeah. 20 years from now, mm-hmm. theoretically, the Dow Jones could be at 140000 30 years from now, so theoretically. The, which is another double. Yeah. 280 to 300000 on the Dow. Now, will they come in and will they adjust that? Maybe. Yeah, and redo you know, the way they do the calculation or and, something. And here's why I think that they will, because mm. I think a number of investors who watch the Dow Jones on a daily basis or the S&P mm-hmm. 500 on a daily basis, mm-hmm. they look at that and they look at, at two things. Mm-hmm. Really, they look at one thing, though. Mm. What's the point move on a uh, daily basis, right? Uh, so if you've got a 1% move on... A $35,000 thing. Right. right. $350. 350 points, right? right? Mm-hmm. But if you've got a 1% move on something that's 300,000, uh-huh. that's a 3,000-point move in a day. Yeah. And a 1% move is pretty common. Oh, yeah. It happens very, a very lot. common. Every year. Uh, I think number of times a, uh, a, a, a week yeah. it yeah. happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when volatility comes around. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, rather than looking at um, at the point movement, I would say mm-hmm. look at the percentage movement mm-hmm. in these indices on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Yeah, instead of 300 yeah. points, 
Oh, that's 1%. Yeah. And oh, by the way, last week it went up 2%. Right. And the week before that it went down 3%. I've lived through this mm-hmm. before. It's I shouldn't let the guy who bleeds it leads into the nightly news affect my attitude. But if they lead with the nightly news and say the Dow at one point today was down 1,100 points. <laughs> yeah. Which, which happened last week. Yeah. 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 So when people are listening to us, let's say they get to the end of a quarter and they've heard you give them some advice. Mm-hmm. And they look at their investment statement, their 401k statement. But no, I'm going to have to rephrase my question because a lot of people don't do it once a quarter. A lot of people do it six times a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's right. So let's say that instead of waiting to the end of the quarter and getting the paper statement mm-hmm. in the mail, the old-fashioned thing, they're online. They have logged in. Mm-hmm. And they see their account go down. I, I'm going to give a secret here for mm-hmm. most of those individuals out there listening. Mm-hmm. When you log into your 401k account, mm-hmm. it's only going to change price about once a day. <laughs> but for about 98, 99% of the folks out there, it's going to change the prices once per day. Yeah. At the, the end of the day. At the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Because they do all of that calculation, all and because most of it's in mutual funds. Right. And so at the end of the day... That's when mutual funds are valued. Correct. So if yesterday your account was ninety eight thousand, mm-hmm. you're probably only going to see it change from ninety eight thousand up or down. Mm-hmm. Good point, Bubba. At the end of the day, now if you own some individual stocks like the company stock in right. there, it might mm-hmm. change a little bit, and that may or may not be a good idea for you to have a whole lot of your thirty year investment dollars in one company. That's right. But that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, however, when I look at it and it's gone down, Bubba and I want to educate you. I want to calm your nerves. Okay. Um, I have a a relative who has PTSD and has extreme anxiety. Okay. So just about every time I have a conversation with this person, I have been told by his counselors, these two or three shortcuts I need to remind him of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's a shortcut cut for your anxiety that your account account went down. First question, first thing you need to do, do I own quality? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they bark back at the radio as they're right driving down the road now. Mm-hmm. How do I know, Bubba? I don't know if I own quality. I own dang mutual funds. Mm-hmm. So how do they know, Bubba? If they own quality inside a mutual fund, who knows what's inside that mysterious thing called a mutual fund? Well, so so two things, right? Mm-hmm. The type of fund that you own within your four hundred one k plan can be a hint. Can be a hint. Yeah. Okay. If you own a large cap value fund, what kind of stocks are large cap value stocks? Okay. All right. Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. Caterpillar. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Big old huge companies that your mama probably bought stuff from and your Mm -hmm. granddaddy probably bought stuff. Been around a long time. Mm -hmm. Large capitalization, large cap value. Now, if you've got a mutual fund that says emerging market, (laughs) you might think, well, what is emerging market? You need to, yeah. Well, you know, that's going to be places like Brazil, like Mm -hmm. India. Okay. Um, Korea mm-hmm. are going to be emerging markets, okay. right? Now, you may own some really good companies 
in those funds because they're located there, right? Samsung. Samsung is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, Samsung may be a holding that you own in an emerging market fund because okay. it is a developing or emerging market. If if I really want to know at least the majority or, or at least the top 10 holdings in a mm-hmm. mutual fund, how do I find that out is just a regular Joe Blow? There's a symbol associated with each mutual fund, usually right. a five-letter symbol. Okay. okay. Um, just making one up. F-N-I-A-X. Right is for uh, a fidelity fund, right? Okay. I'm not recommending that fund. I'm just saying that's one that it's I've an got. Example. Yeah, it's an example. You could go uh, put that into a web search, right? click on the top 10 holdings, mm-hmm. and you can get you know expense ratios. You can get rates of return. You can get a chart on it. You can get a top 10 holding list. So, But the first question yeah. that Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus mm-hmm. told me to ask is, What's in there? Do I own quality? Mm-hmm. Do I own good stuff? Yeah. Do I, so if the if my account goes down and I pull in the ticker symbol to my mutual mm-hmm. fund and I find out that I own a whole bunch of that stuff you just said, yeah. Coke and Walmart mm-hmm. and Caterpillar and Apple and Kimberly Clark and Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson, that might calm me down. It might. Huh? Yeah. If uh, so. Another thing associated with that, right, Mm -hmm. is the fund lineup within a 401k plan Okay, is uh, required to be vetted. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's somebody making a selection of those funds. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have a really bad uh, fund uh, Mm -hmm. or a fund lineup in your 401k plan. That happens. Which can happen. Mm -hmm. I would say that is not necessarily the norm. It's not. It's not um, supposed to be because somebody be. has a fiduciary responsibility to, to make those check uh, that checklist, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes it's the employer. Sometimes it's employer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So whether or not that's being done or not, mm. I'm going to assume here that it is. Yeah. And if it is, mm-hmm. then you've got a reasonable expectation to say, hey, you know what? Even if this fund is out of favor and not performing well at the moment, mm-hmm. it's still got good investments or good guidelines associated with it. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So first question, do I own quality? Mm-hmm. Look Se- at the symbol. Yep. Look up the top 10 holdings. All right. Second if, qu- question. If, if you don't want to look at the symbol, yeah. you know, you can kind of uh, kick back a little bit and hope that somebody mm-hmm. else is doing their job. <laughs> yeah. It's my employer right. or the custodian or whoever's right. sponsoring. The fund or manager. The fund manager, is, yeah. uh, financial advisor mm-hmm. who comes to the, the the office and signs us all up. Somebody hopefully is doing it. So the first question is, if you're a little concerned about your account balance, do I own quality? Secondly, you know, go back to my first question of owning quality. I could own quality, but only own one quality thing. Yeah. I could own, um, you know, uh, pick one. Johnson Johnson, great company. Mm-hmm. That's a quality, pretty quality company. You know, it's come around, really done well, uh, pretty good, consistent management, dividend history, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But if I only own one. Yeah. All right. So the second question is, do I own a diverse array of this quality? Mm-hmm. Am I diversified? I don't have all my eggs in just one. I don't have all my eggs in just one basket. I got a bunch of them. And I've got a bunch of different sectors of the economy. I own a little bit of oil. I own a little bit of entertainment. I own a little bit of hotels and hospitality. But I also own some health care. 
-hmm. and I own some contractors. I own some manufacturers. I, I, I got it spread out, right? Right. So first question, do I own quality? Second question, do I own diversity? Mm -hmm. diversity. Now there's a third question, and we're going to come back and talk to you about what that is after this break of the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So if you are a little concerned about stock market volatility or worried about your account values going down, maybe uh, some of them have come down, and you're looking at it and you're filled with trepidation and, and, and concern and, and full of risk, uh, worry, uh, and we're giving you a shortcut here to calm down, to handle the anxiety. First question is, do I own quality? Even quality things will go up and down in price. Just go back, you know, go to some uh, search engine, Yahoo Finance or whatever, and put in a ticker symbol of your favorite company. Maybe the one you work for, or the one your grandfather worked for, or the one that your grandmother helped runs, and put in, you know, the ticker symbol for Walmart or Coca-Cola or whatever. And pull up a chart. Now, those are great companies. They're really strong value companies mm -hmm. that are quality. But their chart's not going to be a straight line up, is it? No. It's going to kind of look like an elevation chart on the Appalachian Trail. That's right. All right. It, it's eventually, hopefully, headed to the top of a mountain, but along the way there's up and down and switchbacks and other things. So even quality things can go up and down. So you may be temporarily experiencing quality that's gone down a little bit because of something that affected the market. It may be politics. It may be headlines. It may be some economic number that came out. It may be the actions of the Fed, whatever. Eh, we all have bad days, even good companies. So first question, do I own quality? Understand that even they have bad days. Secondly, do I own a diverse mix? The third is about when I'm going to need this money. Mm -hmm. And I tell people third question is, after I've asked myself, do I own quality and do I own a diversified mix of it? I ask myself, am I going to need any of this money in my pocket within five years? Yep. Okay. Do I need it to help me pay the light bill? Do I need it to help me put the kids through college? Do I need it to get it through, get me through my retirement? If I'm going to need it within five years in my pocket, now, I need it. I need it yeah. to be there, and I need it to count on it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not going to need it for 20 years in my pocket, right. then maybe I can calm down. Sure. Leave it where it is. I got quality. I got a diverse mix. Maybe I don't need to do a doggone thing. Right. Now, associated with this market that you may be invested in, I want to spend the rest of the show, the rest of this segment and the next segment on the investment risk you're going to have, Bubba. You said you have a 30-year time horizon. Mm -hmm. Now, Phil, our executive producer sitting over there shaking his head and thinking what you're going to have to sur survive yeah. for the next 30 years. Sure. Can you anticipate what you're going to have to put up with when it comes to market risk? And issues? I can anticipate based on uh, prior experience and prior events. Okay. Now, uh, and I say that very cautiously, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I say that is because 
we can look back over history mm-hmm. and remember that there have been times where we have had a 50% correction in the stock market, mm-hmm. 2008, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When we have had 20% corrections in the stock market, mm-hmm. 2020, 2018, mm-hmm. like I can go on and on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a, and you have to anticipate and think, yeah, those times are, are going to occur. Mm-hmm. Here, here's another thing that I think uh, over time you have to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and by that I mean buying quality, putting money away, saving money, mm-hmm. saving till it hurts, mm-hmm. you know, putting money in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera. Right. By default, that account is going to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot different look, mm-hmm. looking at an account that may be seven thousand dollars as mm-hmm. opposed to seventy thousand dollars. Because if you look at it on a daily basis and you go from, um, you know. Seven thousand dollars down to uh, sixty nine hundred dollars, and uh, you know that sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a movement, right? Mm, right, right. But if you go from seventy thousand dollars to sixty nine thousand dollars, that's a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. How long does it take you to earn a thousand dollars? Right. That's what a lot of people yeah. think. When they look at their investment account, yeah. maybe you've been working ten years uh, at some uh, local company and you in your 401k you've got a hundred and fifty thousand maybe you've been working seven or uh, 40 years at a local company and you got seven hundred thousand dollars in a 401k and it goes down one percent yeah that's seven thousand in one day that's right and in the back of your mind you're asking yourself how long do i have to work to make up seven thousand dollars or you're thinking when was the first time that I ever made seven thousand dollars in an entire year <laughs> yeah. working? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so those are the uh, relations that pop in your mind. You're not thinking, "Oh, it was only one percent." Right. You're just seeing the absolute mm-hmm. of the dollar amount. Yeah. But if it, if you go back and stop and say, "Do I own quality? Do I own a diversified mix? I don't need this money mm-hmm. necessarily within the next five years in my yeah. pocketbook." Mm-hmm. Then it was only 1%. The 7,000 doesn't intimidate you as much. Right. But many times I get intimidated Mm -hmm. by that number, that dollar amount, as opposed to the percentage change. Mm -hmm. Right? So let's talk about the risk that you're going to have to deal with over the next 30 Mm -hmm. years, Bubba. If your time horizon is 30 years before you need this money in your pocket. Actually, I hope it's longer than that, right? I do too, but uh, let's just use that number. You've got market risk. Mm-hmm. All right. Involved in market risk is what we've talked about equity movement mm-hmm. uh, and volatility. That's yeah. a risk. Yeah. You've got to be willing mm-hmm. to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Ask the three, three questions, ask it in percentage terms and not dollar amounts, and calm yourself down. Well, and I think included in that, and we always relate most things to the stock market because that's what most people understand mm-hmm. and talk about, right? Mm-hmm. But the bond market has just as much, if not more, volatility, Ooh. especially recently, uh-huh. uh, that the stock market has. Because uh-huh. in the bond market, you got liquidity risk uh-huh. and credit risk and reinvestment risk uh-huh. and all of those kinds of risk. Right. Now, before I run past them, Let's define those. Okay. All right. What's credit risk related to bonds? Uh, will the issuer be able to pay you back? Okay. 
All right. So now, because in essence, that what it what it is a bond is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a company has taken a loan from you, mm-hmm. and uh, that risk of them being able to pay you back mm-hmm. is is what what that risk what is. credit risk what credit is. risk is right. And you know, are are they a good credit risk? Mm-hmm. You know, if Phil walked in and said, "Bubba, I need to borrow ten grand." Yeah. All right. Um, you may want a little collateral. I, I, I would say, oh. yeah, maybe, or maybe he's a really good credit risk. Okay. Right? All right. But Phil's kind of old, uh-huh. right? I'm not picking on him here. Yeah, but he's older than you are. He's older than I am. Uh huh. So is there a longevity risk there? Oh. Is yeah. Phil going to live long enough to pay me back? Hmm. Absolutely. And let's say Phil says, you know, Bubba, if you'll lend me this ten thousand dollars, I'll give you five percent. Mm-hmm. How many people in America would love to get five percent these days? I, th- I think you, you'd have to beat them all with a stick. Yeah, especially yeah. if he's a good credit risk. But he gives them five percent for five years mm-hmm. and then pays them the ten thousand dollars back. Yeah. Let's say that that was the terms mm-hmm. of his ten thousand dollar request. Yeah. When you get your ten thousand dollar back, you've got a thing called reinvestment risk. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, can you take that ten grand and go find another five percent sucker? Maybe not. Huh? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's gone up. Mm-hmm. That's part of the risk. Maybe prevailing interest rates have gone up, yeah. and maybe you can get seven percent. Mm-hmm. You can't wait for Phil to pay you back, right. and you get your ten grand. But that is a legitimate risk, mm-hmm. reinvestment risk. So so far, we've talked about related to stocks, mm-hmm. market Bonds. risk, and. Yeah. Uh, and, and, we, yeah. and related to stocks, okay. we talked market risk and, and equity risk. But over re- related to bonds, we've talked about uh, credit risk. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about reinvestment risk. Uh, let's talk about concentration risk okay. related to stocks and bonds. Yeah. That's related to our second question a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Do I own quality, but I own a variety <laughs> sure. of it? Some people are concentrated. Why would you be concentrated in your investment portfolio? I mean, doesn't it make sense that you have yourself spread out and that you own a bunch of different things in various sectors and companies, whether it's stocks or bonds? You don't, we don't want you too concentrated in bonds. We don't want you too concentrated in cash. We don't want you too concentrated in, in stock. Doesn't it make sense not to be concentrated? Uh, it, it would to me. Well, how does somebody get concentrated? Well... First of all, maybe they just believe in one company. Mm-hmm. Maybe they work for one company. Pawpaw worked for this company. Yeah. This is the stock that he left me, mm-hmm. and I own that one company, and yeah. they always send me a dividend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're too concentrated, what happens if the pandemic picks on the hotel company that Pawpaw used sure. to work for? Yeah. Huh? What happened to those people that owned a whole lot of hotel stock and that's all they owned? What happened to the people that owned a whole lot of gaming stock? What happened to people owned a whole lot of cruise lines? What happened to the folks uh, that maybe their grandparents or they worked for Enron? Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah we all a, remember that. That's a blast that from the past, oh, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Worldcom. Yeah. Hmm. Now, if you're not concentrated, if you are diversified, and one of the companies that you own inside your diversified mix has financial issues, maybe even goes bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to sting. But it didn't hurt you too badly. Right. Because you didn't have concentration risk. 
Here's another one, liquidity. And now this is related to all kinds of investments. And we're going to come back and talk about this continued list Mm -hmm. of risks we have in the investment world from the Super Talk Radio Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio talking about investment risks, the different kinds of investment risks. Actually, there are about nine or ten different kinds of investment risks. Market risk and liquidity risk and concentration risk and credit risk and reinvestment risk and blah, blah, blah. Now, before I try to talk to you, you, you think about all of these risks, you're like, oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize all these risks were associated with me having stocks and bonds in my 401k. But uh, man, I'm going to, you've talked me out of this. This scared me to death, but I'm not going to do this anymore. There's too many risks. Calm down for just a moment. How many risks did you face this morning driving to work? Well, I'm just thinking that I was thinking the same thing and, and how many, uh, how many times did your car have many explosions in it to mm-hmm. get you here? Uh-huh. Right? An internal combustion engine. Yeah. Yeah. The very first risk you had this morning, if you're a man, was you're going to cut yourself shaving. Yeah. Huh? Eating breakfast. You got a risk there that you're going to eat something that had some kind of bacteria in it that's going to give you some sort of stomach issue. Yeah. Huh? Putting on your clothes as you get older. It's an adventure putting on the yeah. you know, putting the pants, you know, standing up yeah. and putting those leg those you know, legs in the pants, you know, one at a time. I mean, you could follow and pop your head. Yeah, never even thought about that, did mm-hmm. you? Because you've just been living consistently with these risks and assuming them, and just realizing they're part of life. Go outside, stick the key in, or touch the button. However you do it on the model vehicle that you're driving. You got all those internal combustions that boom, 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 happen all over the place. Then you have to back out. Mm-hmm. What about the puppy? Yeah. You got a risk that you ran over the kitten. Mm-hmm. What about the kid's tricycle driving out of the community? You know that woman over there is crazy. Mm-hmm. How, the way she drives, you took a risk that she's going to bump into you. You haven't even pulled out on the road yet. Am I belaboring the point enough? Life is full of risks, including your investment life. There are various risks here. Now, one thing you need to take some solace in, and that is there are some people that are comfortable helping you assume these risks. Mm -hmm. They do it every day. Right. Right? When you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a prescription and writes that prescription... One of the reasons the doctor asks you all those questions about all the other meds you're on and are you allergic to these kinds of things is so that they help take some of the risks away from you that you're going to have an allergic reaction to this particular medication. Mm -hmm. So assuming these investment risks is not old hat, but kind of like that. It is consistently done by many people in the world. And if you don't have somebody to calm you down at the right times, encourage you at the other times, and help you assume these risks, you probably need it. I'm not necessarily talking a business for us. I'm just saying that you need to talk to somebody. Because you will talk yourself into going to cash. Now, if I go to cash, Bubba, I won't have market risk. 
I won't have equity risk. I won't have uh, reinvestment risk. I won't have liquidity risk, Bubba. Mm -hmm. I won't have credit risk. If I'm in cash, I'm as, I'll take all those risks away. Yeah. You also take all the return away. Oh, all the reward? All the reward. That's kind of like saying I ain't going to ever drive a car again because mm -hmm. uh, I heard Cooley enumerating all the risk associated with driving to work. Um, to heck with that. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you going to get to the grocery store? How are you going to get to the kids' soccer match? How are you going to get to work? If you say, I'm just going to take all risk away. And oh, by the way, I want to go back to you going to cash. You're actually giving yourself another risk. It's called inflation risk. Mm -hmm. Now, what is inflation risk related to cash? Well, it's an, another thing that's been on the news presently or, mm -hmm. or recently, right? Mm -hmm. um, best way to d describe inflation is... Um, Look at the price of a gallon of gasoline or a gallon of milk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What was it two years ago, mm -hmm. and what is it today? Mm -hmm. I filled up yesterday at three dollars and nine cents a gallon for regular. Mm -hmm. A year ago, mm -hmm. year and a half ago, mm -hmm. I could have gotten that same gallon of gas for two oh nine. It's a thirty three percent increase. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And have I quit filling up my tank? No, I'm living with that risk. But it takes more money today mm. to purchase the goods and services uh, that it did a year, two years, ten years ago. So if I ago. if if I see my account statement go down and I want to get out before I lose everything and I go straight to cash and then I hear Bub and Greg talk about all those risks that I was assuming when I had my 401k invested in those crazy things called stocks and bonds and now I'm in risk uh, or in cash and I feel better. But then I heard Bubba talking about this inflation risk. Uh -huh. So if I took all my 401k and stuck it in cash, and there it sits, $100,000, I saved it, Bubba. Yeah. I saved my money. I don't have any more risk. I don't have to worry about those crazy stocks going up and down. But next year, does my $100,000 buy the same amount of stuff that it did last year? It does not. Is that true most every year? Most every year. So just about every year, my $100,000, even though I sit there and I look at it, and it's still a hundred, mm -hmm. I haven't lost anything. The 100000 is worth less. Yeah. Not worthless, but worth, worth less. less. Mm -hmm. Just about every year, year over sure. year, as I look at it, because of a thing called inflation mm -hmm. risk that's just eating at its value. Mm -hmm. But see, I don't see that, Bubba. No. I see my $100,000, the sacred mm -hmm. number, sitting there not going down. Yeah. But it's becoming worth less. I, I, I had a conversation over the weekend uh, with my uncle, and they, they had a, um, a water leak in their home. Mm. And they've got to redo flooring and a number of other things. You know, if you've been there, you've been there. No, I've you been know there. It, right? You've been there, I know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a pretty extensive job and, you know, where do you stop at this sort of thing? Right. Because right. if you redo the carpet, well, this carpet doesn't match the other carpet and you've got to add this and do more tile and mm -hmm. redo the, you know, it could, it could wind up being redo the whole house, a hundred thousand dollar project, right? It can. Or you could, you know, slap lipstick on the pig and it'd be a $15,000 job, right? 
Mm-hmm. So where do you stop, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I had the conversation. I told him, I said, look, if you spend $30,000, you spend $70,000. And mm-hmm. he looked at me and said, $30,000 is just a whole heck of a lot of money. I said, yeah, absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. But you can't buy a car for that today. No. So he used to be you could buy a house for that. So so his reference, right? Yes. Is what he's he's relating it to. Yes. And and uh, you know, granted I don't I don't want to look lightly at $30,000. That's a lot of money. Right. But it but ain't in relation what it was in reference, 1980. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, right? Mhm. He's 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 got reference risk. Yeah. That's another risk mm-hmm. a lot of people are walking around with. Sure. And that is, I remember the first year that I made twenty five grand. I had mm-hmm. to work all year for twenty five grand. Sure. Well, when was that? Nineteen seventy eight. Well, God bless you. Yeah, you made more money than I did that year. Right. Right. <laughs> if you made twenty five grand, I was going to say that's pretty good money. It was really good yeah. money, and you had to work hard, and you yeah. probably had to have a specialist mm-hmm. job or some kind of certification right. or special mm-hmm. degree to be able to get there. And in his mind, it was a big deal. He crossed twenty five right. grand. Mm-hmm. So twenty five grand still represents what a whole year worth of work. That's right. Yeah. But we're talking almost forty five years later. Sure. And you're right. He can't buy half a car for that. Mm-hmm. Not a half of a new one right. anymore. But he's got this reference risk that is holding him back, and it's risking him and his entire financial future and his entire financial plan because yeah. he's still got twenty five grand. is a heck of a lot that's of money. That's correct, yeah. And that's what's happening with your uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get sticker shock because of the reference we have for numbers. And I would say take perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Take perspective of the numbers that you're utilizing and using uh, mm-hmm. in those judgments that you make. Yep. And think of it as a percentage. Mm-hmm. What am I having to invest, reinvest in my house, mm-hmm. if I'm your Uncle Frank, to preserve its value? And thirty grand. Right. What percentage of the whole value of the house is that? Probably not as much as he thinks. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hope we helped you through this time of trepidation and concerned about volatility in your account values and the risks you're facing from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting.
consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.